Welcome to Journaling with Nature, the podcast for those who want to turn curiosity into wonder, a pencil sketch into a rabbit hole of discovery, a moment of stillness into a life full of joy. I'm your host, Bethan Burton. Let's open the pages of our nature journals and explore this world together. Hello and welcome to episode 20. This feels like a bit of a milestone. I started this podcast not knowing how it would go, if people would be interested, but I've received such lovely feedback and comments and support from you all that it feels wonderful to continue with it and to reach this point of 20 episodes. So thank you for your support and for being here. Today I'm excited to share with you a conversation with Stere Verbockum, who is a nature artist working under the name Illustrator of Wild Things. Stere lives off-grid in Spain with her small family, surrounded by wildlife. She draws inspiration from nature around her to create magical illustrations that really lift the heart and calm the mind. I was so inspired and excited by our conversation. Let's listen now. Thank you so much for being here with me. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you and learn more about your work and your life. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to chat with you. <laughs> I usually begin by talking about early nature experiences. And I'm wondering, did you have nature in your childhood? Um, yes, I did. Although I grew, it was not like um, the big wild woods. I grew up in, mm -hmm. a, in a city in the Netherlands. Um, but always with a lot of pets, pets around me, animals around me. And I've always been drawn to animals and the outdoors, but animals, animals specifically as mm. a kid. And um, I remember vividly as a kid, we uh, sometimes found uh, a crow that had fallen from the tree mm. in the in the woods. And we raised those crows to, uh, so they grew up and then released them into the wild again. And I love that because there's this eight-year-old me with a big black crow sitting on my shoulder <laughs> and those kind of childhood memories are, are wonderful. Yeah. Those are really significant. In fact, mm -hmm. we did that too. We raised really? wild birds that uh, we had a friend who was a veterinary nurse and sometimes they had wildlife come in and they needed a home and so we we did the same thing we had a bird called it was a tawny frog mouth oh yes it I had this those. big mouth and it would open up <laughs> its mouth and th I just remember this big mouth and we would pop some food in and yeah these memories really <laughs> stick with you <laughs> don't oh, they yes absolutely they do <laughs> and did you have art in your childhood too? Because now you're a professional illustrator and I'm wondering how, what was that journey to, from being a child, growing up and becoming an illustrator? How did that happen? I was always one of those kids that was always drawing and I was always drawing animals. So it was like from, from a young age on, it was already like, ah, you're going to do something with animals or drawing. Okay. It was just that easy. <laughs> And, and now you do well, both. Now I do both, kind of, yes. So uh, it was pretty obvious. I was just always drawing animals. I hardly ever, still, I hardly ever draw people or houses or something. It's always animals with me. And I guess I always will do that. Um, and I grew up, uh, my mom was very creative and she always uh, 
made things with me out of paper mache and clay and we drew and we made stuff together and that was awesome so yeah that's so nice that's so nice and did you study art or are you self-taught uh, i studied art um at the art academy but i mm -hmm. actually studied graphic design mm -hmm. and i had always i never felt i really fit in there because i was supposed to draw um i don't know there wasn't wasn't really much drawing there was kind of typography dutch design vibe if you get my idea so i was always like finding my way there and it wasn't until after art academy that i really felt like ah but this is like the way i want to go and the way i feel i uh, want to go and now it just all seems really obvious like in hindsight it's like oh of course but right then it was really like a discovery like oh yes i should just do the outdoor thing i should just draw the animals just draw the wild animals wild birds yeah so you sort of found your niche in a way. yes absolutely yeah so now you're a professional illustrator and you create digital images of nature for publications and books and magazines mm -hmm. and you also create nature journal pages specifically and they're different your your illustrations and your nature journal pages are different and i'm wondering about how you came to nature journaling as as we know it um i actually always kept kind of hand-drawn diaries mm -hmm. um but as i grew up there were more and more animals getting getting in those diaries it was <laughs> and it just kind of grew together in a way but at first my hand-drawn work was more a way for me just to uh, study topics I would later use in my digital artwork or to scan and make digital afterwards and more and more the um, the hand-drawn illustrations became part of my normal illustration work in a way they just grew mm. grew toward towards each other and um, for a long time they were really for me I was just nature journaling for me but now I get clients asking me for those specific uh, sort of illustrations which is really fun so yeah, I think they're fun. kind of um, yeah, growing towards each other and that's interesting I think uh, with your nature journal pages, they're often on toned paper. Sometimes you'll use black and white or sometimes black and white and grey on a beautiful, rich brown toned yeah. paper. And I'm wondering about that, about your choice of materials. I, I love toned paper. I think it really pops. But I'm wondering how you came to this choice of materials. Uh, it was kind of just a way of experimenting and then it felt just really good and in my digital mm -hmm. work i use a lot of color but in a way i like to restrict myself uh, in my hand-drawn work like if you only use black and white you find out a lot of things about shading and uh, other ways of adding depth to your work and it's like if you if you're limited in your materials you, you it gets you to experiment more easily and, and go deeper into uh, how to use that material so I'll probably add another material later on or might take some something away but it just happens gradually it was actually yesterday that I tried a brush pen with ink uh, for the first time in my on my tone paper and at first it looked like I totally ruined the page and I was like <laughs> ah 
I had been working on that for so long. But in the end, it just I just got back to my white charcoal and all the materials I always use and try to make them work. And it's really interesting and it makes you go deeper in search for the material if you just work with those. And I find that really interesting, really. That's also sometimes nice to not have the unlimited amount of choices in your life, kind of. Yeah, I really like that. And I think it's a really useful idea. And I think I found the same thing when I first started painting. I I just had a lot of colors. Mm-hmm. I, I used watercolor and I just had so many and I didn't, there was no sort of harmony because I was just choosing from such an array of colors that weren't related. Yeah. And now I prefer to limit my palette and just have a handful of colors and it feels in a way much more controllable and I can focus on the picture instead of exactly. the choices, if that yeah, makes that's sense. It. Yeah, absolutely. Or I love just using blues or just using orange tones and it makes you, yeah, just like you say, it makes you focus on the lines more or the, the movement of the animal or like, um, yeah, the way it moves, the, the, the texture of the feathers or the hairs or just the general expression. And I find that much more important than the art of blending colors, which is an art in itself. I just got dive into one day, but you never know. Yeah. And it brings a real harmony to your work when it's seen overall in your in your you. presentation of your work. It's, it's got a real harmony to it. So so that's another benefit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm really keen to talk with you about your digital work because I haven't spoken with anyone on the podcast before who's a digital artist. And I'd love to know about that, about your, how you got into it and how you actually do it. What's your process? What, um, what applications you use for, for creating digital nature Mm -hmm. journals? Um, well, when I started out working digital, digitally, I always used my hand-drawn sketches and scanned them in. And um, mm. so it was always like a, a combination of hand-drawn work and digital work. And it's often still is because I often still sketch uh, on paper and after that digitalize those sketches. Um, I usually, work, a lot of illustrators work with uh, Adobe Photoshop. But I work with Adobe Illustrator mainly. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a really nice program to draw in and to to experiment in. And it took a while to get used to, but now it just feels like, it feels so natural to use it. It's just like drawing with pencil. So do you actually use a stylus or a pen that goes on the screen or do you use your mouse? Um, I use a pen, but it's a Wacom pad like a drawing pad so I don't draw on the screen directly but on a drawing pad in front of my computer yeah that's mm. uh, that's how I usually work yes so it feels supernatural even though it's pixels it could just as well be ink on a piece of paper yeah almost but it still feels differently but I yeah but I, I like yeah it's different because in illustrator you don't work with um shading the way you use a pencil like with pencil if you if you push hard, it gets uh, a thicker line, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Illustrator doesn't. Most options with Illustrator don't work that way, but it's it's. I've been doing it for so long. I've been working for as a professional illustrator now for ten years, so it's just became a second nature to work like that. Mm. 
and uh, right now I just got an uh, iPad and I'm figuring out how to draw with that, which is yeah totally new and totally fun because it's way more if you're just uh, used to drawing on paper, it's it will probably feel more natural to you. So it's really nice to get into digital drawing, dig- digital art. And what what program do you use on your iPad? Procreate. Mostly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's really cool. I haven't done digital drawing, but it sounds really fun and like an, another extension of of something that is really enjoyable. <laughs> and some sometimes it's just it, it has like benefits. Like if you want something um, in orange and it's green, you can just change it. It's easy. But it also I love um, things I love doing is for example making and make a scene a night scene with all dark blues and just some some bits of bright yellow for the moon and the stars and the lighting on the animals and then make exactly that same piece of art but in daytime so in morning light oh. colors with uh, soft yellow soft pink soft orange and uh, draw the animals in different poses like doing different mm. things because they're probably sleeping or not sleeping depending on the animal and then you have this different scene but like it's changing during the day like the real world does and I really like experimenting with it that way Uh, that sounds really fun (laughs) do you have a preference for drawing digitally or on paper or are they just both naturally part of your work now I think they are I think I mostly most love the digital work but then again, when I'm just like now it's winter and we have the wood stove on and I sit in the corner of the of the couch and then I love just getting my 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 pencils and it, that feels really uh, like me time and I can really relax and uh, the digital work more feels a bit work because you're sitting at the desk mostly and it's not a bad thing, but it's different. Yes, different modes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And um, your you, as I said before, your style has is really unified. You've got your digital work, and it's really you sort of have the um, a real harmonious color palette. Thank you. <laughs> and you have your nature journal pages, and they're done on toned paper, and they're just everything looks so perfectly unified together. And I'm wondering about your style. How, how has your style changed over time? How did you? How did you come to this point where everything was unified? Did you did you do a lot of experimentation or did you just fall into your style from the beginning? Now, I actually love that you're saying that because for me, it sometimes feels when I try something different, it feels like this is totally not me. This is totally not my <laughs> style. And I know, I actually know that a lot of illustrators have this and struggle with this. And well, it actually made a lot of sense when I when I once said that online like I'm struggling with this and all these people say oh, I'm the same I'm doing all these different things and it's just not one style and like someone from from the outside would look at it and say wow your style is so unified and I'm like yes oh, what? <laughs> but I'm doing all these different things how <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> so I think it's different if you're like in the middle of it yeah uh, that's interesting but I also think that yes uh, since we live here uh, since we bought 
live here. I live on a, on a little mountain in Spain, surrounded by nature, and that really makes my world my world mostly is mo- especially with the COVID. <laughs> the the my world is is mostly happening here on our little yes. mountain, and that restriction is again the restrictions um, caused me to really go deeper into style and develop that and and set boundaries for myself. And I think that really um, helped helped finding my way in that. And yeah, but I, I feel sometimes I feel like I'm trying things like, sure, it's so different, but apparently <laughs> it's, funny? it's fine. So that's good. <laughs> Yeah, like, so it's such an interesting insight that yeah. things look different from the inside and the exactly. outside. Exactly. <laughs> like, like lately, I've been experimenting a lot more with um, here. Nature is a bit wilder, more rough. Like, so you find a lot of bones and stuff like that. We never mm. had that in the Netherlands, where I came from. Like the neat city park, you don't find bones. Um, but here, I find goat skulls <laughs> and I see fox dens and everything. And um, I love to, well, it made me more aware of that circle of life and death mm-hmm. and that balance in nature. And that's what I'm experimenting a lot with lately and incorporating in my both my journal pages and my digital work. And it also opens up a level of more spiritual, spiritual work, like... Um, the wild animal souls and are they mm. there can you feel them uh, and how everything is connected and drawn to each other and uh, balancing each other and I love that idea and, but that's actually quite a new way of um, working also for me like um, opening up intuitively and combining that with um, just what I see and what what's really there kind of that makes sense Yeah, wow. Well, often I ask people about nature journaling from the head or the heart. And what you've just described makes me think maybe there's a big heart element to your work. And I'm wondering about that. What do you think when I say that nature journaling from the head or the heart? Um, I think it's both with me. I think you're right about that. Because um, at one point, I want to uh, I want to get like the essence of an animal right. So when I dive into uh, studying an animal, I'm learning about the biomechanics and the way it tilts his head and his facial expressions. And that's probably head. But then again, I do it because I want to capture the spirit of the animal. Mm. And um, I love that it, well, often it happens. It's really funny because it's probably not true, but I like to think there's a little bit of magic to it. Like if I really dive into an animal, like really study it and draw it, I get, I'm drawing badgers for weeks and I'm watching films of badgers and I'm looking at the badgers on our land, on our trail camera, and I'm looking at badgers in books and I'm drawing badgers and more badgers and I start seeing badgers. And it just really (laughs) works that way. When I really get into one animal kind of, it, it feels like, Sometimes it feels like I'm drawing them into my life. And yes. I love that it feels that way. And it's probably just the paying attention thing and learning about his behavior that makes you um, notice the little things that lead you to seeing it. But I still love that, that just the drawing, drawing can do that. And that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And in fact, when you said magic, I 
can see magic worlds in your work. Like I can see because it's so, um, I don't even know what, but it's, it draws you in. Like there's, um, there's almost a fairy tale element to it, even Mm. though it's realistic, it does seem like a world of its own, like a fairy tale world. That's so nice that you put it that way, because I often see myself more as a storyteller than like, I love, I absolutely love people who can draw like scientifically super correct and real life birds, but it's never been a goal of me because I, I think I always, like halfway through, I kind of get bored with reality and start just adding imagination or just tweaking the colors. Like when you look at us, I'd much rather get across the feeling of um, the feeling of that sunrise than the actual mm-hmm. precise colors mm-hmm. of that sunrise. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the same. And I think my work is more like that as an, as an illustrator as well. It's always about like in my work is getting a message across getting a vibe or a feeling across much more than drawing scientifically correct things i like things to make sense but there's always a lot of there's also a lot of room for just experimenting and feelings and ideas and my own world uh, like creating my own world and stories yeah, and that comes across so beautifully because, like you say, it's a, a vibe or a feeling or a mood. And when I see some of your pictures, it's like fox in a scene in the moonlight, like you said, and and it's the feeling, like what would it be like to sit in that forest in the darkness with the moon coming through the, the trees? And that's the feeling you get. You almost feel like you could be there in that fairy tale mm-hmm. world. <laughs> That's good. So you mentioned your home and your home has a, a beautiful story because you live on a mountain yes. with your family and you're off grid. Yeah. So you're you're in Spain, you're on a mountain, off grid, mm-hmm. you're generating your own electricity. That's right. I'd love for you to talk about that. <laughs> that in itself is an amazing story. Yeah. Well, we bought this, uh, we live here in like an old Spanish farmhouse and we're all renovating it. We weren't looking for a fixer-upper, but we just fell in love with the land. <laughs> and we said, oh, well, let's do it. <laughs> so now yeah. we're renovating this old uh, Spanish farmhouse, and it's on top of a little mountain. And uh, it's surrounded by eight hectares of uh, wild land. And most wow. of that land is really rough and untamed. And um, there's wild olive trees and almond trees and a lot of pine trees as well. Like you have a lot of places um, places in Spain where the area is quite open, but here it's uh, there's a lot of, well, a lot of green. It's always green. doesn't matter which season you're in, it's always green because there's so many evergreens. And uh, a lot of, it's very rocky. And there are foxes living here, badgers. Uh, we just, re- this, I just re- discovered uh, wild mountain goats. They actually make oh, wow. it to our land. I didn't didn't know that. Uh, but I just saw them a few times and I have two horses and with them I explore my little mountain and all the mountains around us. Like uh, we can see the, the highest mountain of our province from our little mountain and it's, it's called oh, wow. uh, Mountain Peña Golosa and it's really beautiful when you see the sunset and uh, every morning when we open our window we see the 
um, the sunrise from behind the mountains and it's so different from living in the city and it's not mm. because, until you li- really live here that I realized like oh I wasn't really I never really saw it like this like we really start the day with sunrise every day and it's so beautiful it's never the same uh, yeah but about the off-grid part yes we live off-grid so that means we're not um, connected to main electricity sources or water sources and um, we catch our own rainwater which is which doesn't really get us through the whole year but for the most part it does <laughs> we're still trying to improve that because like uh, we bought when we bought this house there was no electricity uh, there was nothing it was so old that we really had to all yeah to, to, to improve that the bathroom was like you wouldn't even you couldn't really call it a bathroom and the kitchen was I don't know maybe a hundred years old or something wow. so we had to renovate everything so it goes bit by bit and uh, but it's amazing to, to to live just well surrounded by nature really and living this way also makes me makes us feel more connected to it like the the seasons are much more intense like yes when it's you're experiencing them in a way that city dwellers don't have to because no. it's probably colder and it's probably <laughs> yeah like you say more extreme and you're you're trying to heat and or cool your home depending on the season absolutely like right now it's um, it's winter and it's we have pretty mild winters we don't get snow here but we do get a lot of wind and the house is not it's an old farmhouse so it's not really that well isolated so we're chopping wood and uh, we have the wood stove burning and it it really ex- adds that extra layer of I don't know you really feel it more than yeah and and know it like know your land know the specific badges that are coming and the specific absolutely animals that are around you you get to know the individuals I mean yes absolutely we have like um three foxes that I see a lot and I just call them big fox and (laughs) fox with scruffy tail some people give their (laughs) give their animals really good names and they're just like big fox fox with scruffy tail small fox but well (laughs) one night I might get a name that's so cute (laughs) Well, I usually see big fox because I I don't know if he's male or female, but I, consi- I I think he's a male because he's like really bold with this really bushy tail. And he just sometimes he just comes running through the paddock when I'm doing things with the horses and he's just rah, rah, running, screaming. Wow. And it's really funny. Wow. Yes. So he's not fearful of you. Um, when I'm the, the horses are just a bit bit further from our house. So mm-hmm. um I think there's not much human activity there that he has to be afraid of. So he doesn't really notice me until he's there and like, oh, oh, she's there. Okay, I'll run the other way. Yes. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, he, he is scared, but he just doesn't really notice sometimes, which it seems like that. Or he's, or he's not scared. I don't know. So he's become part of your illustrations? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they all, and, and the badger too. I haven't seen the badgers like in real, real life, but we have this trail cam I put on 
on the oh, land. Oh yeah, tell me about that. You mentioned it. So you record yes. them at night. Is that right? Yeah, and and at daytime too. It's just um, yeah. it's just this little camera, and I put it somewhere where I think, oh, that, this could be a good spot. And then after a week or two weeks, I just get it back and get all these little little snippets of video, for, and I see all the animals that I, that crossed or the wind. Sometimes it's just wind and blowing grass, <laughs> grasses and bushes. But a lot of times it's foxes on there, and I see janets and the badgers, and it's really funny. Sometimes they come to say hello to the camera, and they uh, they lick on it. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I love seeing that, and like, oh, this all happens yeah. at that same spot. It's like because it's pointed at just one spot, but you see every video is a new story that's happening there, and it's probably kind of a bit the same that what I told you about the landscapes I am illustrating, like the same landscapes, but different things happening there on different kind uh different uh, times in the day yeah like a badger going about their life yeah <laughs> that's so amazing what a great idea to capture that on camera <laughs> yeah i absolutely love that thing <laughs> <laughs> and you're raising a little one as well is that yes. right? yes yeah that's right what that's... an amazing place to grow up oh yes I, he loves it casper is now three years old and um he's now uh, since a few days he's building snowmans out of sand we don't have snow but he's he has seen a snowman so he now wants to make snowmans out of spanish snowman and yeah he's just this outdoor kid and yeah i love him i yeah i love that he knows he he can he can imitate a fox absolutely amazingly if he imitates a fox it just sounds like a fox and oh, wow. <laughs> it's really funny yeah wow does he like to make art with you uh yes absolutely but it's he's he is the typical boy so it's it's fox and then it's wheels and tires yeah <laughs> he wants me to draw and then he just mixes it all up but he really loves it and he loves to uh, to uh, collect rocks and sometimes I just tell him they're dinosaur bones and sometimes we do get a lot of fossils so sometimes it's kind of true but I just <laughs> like to add that little I don't know extra something <laughs> and then he's like wow dinosaur bones dinosaur bones <laughs> it's really cute and he's just yeah he's just finding treasures everywhere and I love that wow I just can't even imagine a better place to grow up that it's gonna he's gonna have so many memories of just being outdoors roaming free and oh absolutely yes the wildness there yeah our life is so much outdoors now like um it's been it it does get hot in summer but not like um insanely hot or something so Mm -hmm. um it's just Overall, it's just really nice, especially in daytime, to be outdoors almost all day. So, like, we're outside every day, like, for hours. And there's also a lot of things to do, like uh, the forestry and all this stuff. But it's just, like, being outside. It's just so much... Of course, you can put on your raincoat and go outside. But after an hour or something, I was usually quite fed up with that in the Netherlands. <laughs> And that was much rainier. If it rains, it pours. But there's not, it's it's mostly sunny and it's lovely. You can just go outside and explore all day. Yeah, I think it's really wonderful too that children can be involved in like everyday life activities. And there must be so much 
actual work that you guys need to do to just maintain off-grid life like you say chopping yeah. wood all those things that actually need to be done and and the child can be brought into those activities and I find with my son he loves that most of of anything that we do he loves to be involved in real life activities and that must be a big part of your day as well yeah definitely how old is your son he's just turned four so they're about oh, the same age oh similar yeah Casper's uh, three and a half. Oh, that's so nice uh yes i i but i agree with, with you he he helps me with the horses every day like he helps mm. mucking out and uh, in the meantime, well, he ha and it helps bringing them hay, and then he builds them uh, little cakes out of sand and with sticks, and yeah. But I think it also, <clears throat> like, because we live off grid and we have to chop our wood. Of course, you can buy a house that has central heating, but it learns you something about the value of things, maybe, and just uh, to get heat, you have to chop wood, and he just loves to, to, to go along and helps like making piles of the wood or carrying it inside yeah. the house and uh, things like yeah I think it's really good to to learn yeah well and just to move around a lot yes and I think he's going to be really connected to the cycle of life like you mentioned before because mm. he's going to see like animals raised and animals die and yeah. he's going to see bones and he's going to know what that means and mm -hmm. that's something really special in itself to to see that cycle yeah it feels more um like often i think we're just not missing that connect we're, we're like missing that connection in nature we're like there's so much um bricks and city life between us and nature and i yes. love that we there are there's so many ways to connect with nature and even in city in a city you can of course do that but for me to be this um, this far in the middle of it feels really good it feels really natural and that really gives me a lot of inspiration too and uh, yeah I just hope that he grows up having all these fond memories of here living here yeah. growing up on our little mountain and running with the dog finding I don't know what things <laughs> and <laughs> um, uh, yeah that's really cool oh so beautiful and there's another piece to your work so you're an illustrator but you also create apps and the apps yeah, that you create they aim to help people connect with nature and with mindfulness I'd love for you to talk about the apps that you create yeah um, that's something I do together with my husband and we we've now make we've been making apps together for five years now mm. and it started out like me drawing these nature uh, nature illustrations with the idea of how can you get that feeling to to other people can you bring that across like for me it was always a way to well, connect with nature but also connect with myself and to get more mindful and i was like when we started i still lived in the city so i went into nature to calm down get inspiration and then i came back and mm -hmm. we realized that was something a lot of people must be missing or that that a lot of people don't always have the possibility to go into nature or maybe it's something they remember from their childhood but it's not now not like um, a really part of their daily life uh, so that's why that's how we started making those apps. Um, 
they're like illustrated landscapes that are just slightly animated just a little bit just to get the vibe across and to it's it's mm-hmm. not like a little movie but really uh, a bit like a snow globe that feeling just some parts mm-hmm. are moving and then we have these soundscapes we add to it so you can listen to it um and really with your headphones on you feel like you're immersed in nature and you can relax and slow down a little and a lot of people use it to fall asleep better for example mm. Um, and we also have guided meditations in them for people who want to have uh, a bit of help with that. And I actually write those meditations myself and I always try to um, connect with nature in those med- meditations, like um, give your worries to the lake, and it's a, uh, mm. for example, like uh, put your thoughts, your, your worries on the leaf, on a leaf which you put in the lake and let them drift away on the stream. And then you have the sounds of the lake uh, helping you to really do that. And um, yeah, that's You're making example. me relaxed just by <laughs> <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> and yeah, it's a, oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. No, it's just, it's just a really different way because like um, a lot of, it's easy to see the apps the app world and the world of apps and the world of mobile phones as a distraction from nature and the, fa- yes. the world that's coming fast and we only have to play games on the telephone and it's only distraction and it's only bad but i think that if you can use it to your benefit and and use it this way it can also really just add something and it's just it's for people to find out you can you can do it that too it's it can be a really beneficial thing for you as well and i really like to explore that and to to show there's a different way to use your phone you can also mindfully use your phone to help you connect with that moment and with nature and even if you're not really there if you you cannot make it to the forest to fall asleep you can just but you can't and you but you still like that forest vibe and the soft wind and the, the owl hooting and you can you your telephone can actually help you with that to yeah to to connect with nature at that point at that moment and that's what mm. we try to yeah try to achieve to help people with that that's so beautiful and do you when you're spending time in nature if you see an owl or hear an owl, do you, I'm wondering about the connection to your actual process and mindfulness, like when you're out in your wild mountain, do you see something and then think, oh, that could be good and take it, I'll take that idea into your app when you're developing your app? Like, do you absolutely (laughs) take a moment of mindfulness and think, I can pass this on to someone else through the app? Yeah, but it's this, it's, it's with that with all my work actually like yes. um if you know it you can probably see a lot of our mountains like the shapes of our mountains back in both both the app as my normal illustrations and um my in in the app is also a lot of work inspired by um before we moved here we traveled a lot we traveled mm-hmm. for almost a year uh, Casper was just a baby and we traveled through Europe, through the United States, through Canada. And I absolutely loved the United States National Parks. It was so inspirational. It was so beautiful. And I think you see a lot of that too, especially my 
app landscapes. We all we want to, to make those landscapes attractive to everyone from all around the world, and uh, that those landscapes really made an, a, a huge impression on me. But also, I wanted to 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 draw bears, but I couldn't because mm. I I feel like when I haven't seen an animal in real life, it's hard to draw. Mm. I want to not only see it. And it's this, not the same. Of course, I've seen a, a bears in a zoo, but that's not the same. So I went on this quest <laughs> in America first and then in Canada to see a bear. Oh, wow. And that's really I, interesting. Yeah, and it, was, it wasn't. And I actually saw it, it took way, way too much effort. Like everyone was seeing bears <laughs> everywhere. Everyone we met. It's like, oh, I just saw two bears. Oh, I just saw four bears. And I haven't seen any. What's this? What? <laughs> but after like two or three months, I finally saw yeah. the first bear. And since that moment, I felt I could really draw bears. So that's oh, when wow. the first bears appeared in my landscapes. And it wasn't until that moment I felt I could do it. Like I was just drawing bears and like, nah, just take it out. No, it's not good enough. Wow. And then, yeah, so it's really... You see a lot of personal development in my work as well, I think, in that way. Um, yeah, but that's just one thing, how, do you, how, how it works in my mind, apparently. I, love that. I absolutely love that story. Can you tell me the, the details of your first bear encounter? What, what did you actually see? Where did you see oh, it? Um, we actually went on a boat, and mm. um, it was like um, one of those... Yeah, it was just one of those bear tours, but we just went, okay. went on a yeah. really, really tiny boat because we we mm -hmm. were carrying a baby and we wanted to. Yeah. We don't and we didn't like like the whole gr big group experience, so it was just this old mm -hmm. shipper on his boat and us, <laughs> and it was really a lovely experience because it was really relaxed and it was on this lake, and there were old shipwrecks to be seen. And then mm. suddenly that bear running in the distance, and he was like, was it "Oh, it's too far away." A black bear, and oh, the wow. shipper was like, "Oh, it's too far away. It's not any good." And I'm like, oh, "It's a bear!" <laughs> <laughs> he, of course, had no idea. I, I had been like, "You're on a quest. To see. You see?" Yes. <laughs> so it wasn't even that spectacular of a sighting, but it's still. It yeah. learned me so much about that animal and the way it moved, and especially the way it moved and the way it felt, in a way. And um, yeah, I felt really connected to that mm -hmm. moment and to that animal, and it really made a huge difference in, for me, even though it was really far away and just <laughs> a really short sighting. It was really cool. <laughs> yes. That's so beautiful. I love that you capture what you you're capturing your life in your illustrations really especially because you're you're on a mountain and you're seeing these foxes and badgers and you're you're actually capturing your day-to-day -day life even though it looks yes. wondrous your day-to-day -day life <laughs> is wondrous <laughs> because you're yeah. so close to it you're so close to nature and these amazing things and you're capturing yeah. them the I love that you're capturing the individuals there on like there on the page yeah, and I think it, 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 it I know it, it's helped so much for us, like, uh, living here. Like, first, a few years ago, it just felt like I was, I went to nature and I got inspiration. I went back and I mm. put it into my illustration work. And it wasn't until we really immersed ourselves first with traveling and then by moving here that it really started to feel as one thing, like, this is this is my life, this is who I am, this is yeah. what I see, and this is what I draw. 
And um, yeah, I love that. And it's uh, it really it's a pretty special yeah. office that you have. That's <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of times we work, we really work outside. I just, um, especially in summer, I have like a little desk under a century-old olive tree, and mm. it's not always easy to see your screen. So I'm usually doing like the real color work inside inside the house later at night. And, but a lot of sketching and uh, like starting illustrations happens on sitting outside under under that old olive tree and that's really nice it's yeah it really feels it feels like it should be like this it's good oh my goodness <laughs> your your words are beautiful I feel myself there when you're talking it's amazing <laughs> oh, cool. can you tell me about where people can go to find you online Yes, absolutely. My Instagram is my for my normal illustration work. My Instagram page is or feed is the place to go, and that's Illustrator of Wild Things. And um, for our apps, it's uh, wildventures.nl or in the App Store. Um, our um, biggest best app is Wild Journey, and you can okay. find it on the App Store and download it for free and try uh, quite some landscapes to see if you like it. And uh, if you do, you can uh, you can you can buy more. And, uh, yeah, perfect. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been a joy. Yes, absolutely. I love being on your podcast. It's really nice um, <laughs> telling you about my life here and my work and uh, sharing my experiences. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Stera. I find her full of sunshine and laughter and the conversation made me smile so much. I loved her description of connecting with the nature and wildlife around her, on her Spanish mountain, the foxes and the badgers and the trail camera, wow, and her little boy growing up outdoors. Take a look at the show notes to find links to Stera's work and her mindfulness apps. There's something very magical about her illustrations, so be sure to have a look. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.